is Tina here and I am so excited because first of all I'm a Queen Sugar fan so I just need to throw that out there that I'm excited for that but I want to start back way before Queen Sugar I want to start at the beginning what did young Tina think that she was going to do when she grew up mm. young Tina knew in the second grade that she wanted to be an actress yeah. Really? Yeah. In the second grade, I knew I wanted to be an actress. And I grew up in Evanston, Illinois, where drama was a part of the curriculum. And anytime I was in a drama class um, or drama period, I always sort of shined. So um, my mom recognized that, my mom and dad recognized that early. And my mother, we were poor, but my mother made sure that every summer I got tickets to be able to see the Northwestern uh, Drama Department present a series of plays every summer. And I would go and I would, my mom and I would go and I would, I would just be in heaven watching those actors. And when the curtain would fall, between that week and the next week, I would play all those characters. I would remember the lines and I would drive my family crazy because I would just be doing the lines all the time. I love that. So you knew at a young age, basically you're calling. So everything after that was to move forward towards that. Let's just fast forward to when you get one of your first projects or one of your first look. And let me just say throughout your career, you've done a lot. Touched by an Angel, Star Trek, any day now, NYPD. But what was it like to get that first yes? You know, that that first yes of a dream that you've been dreaming since you knew it, too. Well, yeah, it's um, it it's interesting because um, if I'm going to tell the journey like a storyteller, then I need to say that in the fifth grade, I was um, in the talent, in the school talent show. And um, it, the school talent show was happening at one or two o'clock in the afternoon at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm in gym class and I get the roster that tells us what the order, performance order is. And I look down at that roster and see that my name is the first up. And hey. when I saw oh, when I saw that, it I went oh, and I took a gulp <laughs> of fear. And that fear stayed with me for the entire day. And when I stepped onto the stage at one or two o'clock, I froze and couldn't move. The pianist gave me, I was there to sing and the pianist you know, gave me an intro and I said, oh, John Henry. And then I never got another word out. And I froze so completely that literally after they kept trying to help me with the music, a teacher came to center stage and picked me up like a little cardboard you know, character. <laughs> because I was, I was frozen. What? I was petrified. Yeah. And so that's really, that's really the story that uh, I think is most important as I talk about 
you know, creating this career that I absolutely love. But it took me a lot of time um, and investment and, um, and research and curiosity for me to figure out how that trauma, I'll call it a trauma because that's how it operated in my life, how I would be able to get beyond that trauma so that I could stand in the dream that had been calling me since I was in I have Saturday. a question. What do you think that fear came from? Like, was it the fear of failure? I mean, everybody knew that you were already good. You knew you could hit lines. You already were doing it. Where do you think that fear came from? Well, you know, I, I will say this. I will say that our minds are really um, mercurial and we don't always understand why we do or respond the way we do. What I know for sure is that for whatever the reason, being, I, I just didn't expect to be the first person. And because I was the first person, for whatever the reason, I went, oh. And I would imagine that that inside of that, oh, there was the thought, but what if, what, you yeah. know, what if, <laughs> what if no, I don't I get do, it? Look, athlete yeah. here, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, but, but in the broader uh, scheme of things, what's important to know is that um, we human beings have nervous systems that are easily frightened. We have yep. our nervous systems that dwell in energies that we are only now learning how to more efficiently um, manipulate and manage. And most people are carrying hurts, dramas, traumas, upsets, disappointments, and fears because knowing how to manage that internal world is such a new focus, but we're learning and that's exciting. We're learning. We're learning and that is exciting. And so Santa, Mon Santa Monica City College is where you graduated from. Can you just you know, talk? We I don't know where that came from. That That's on the internet. Someone put that on the internet and it is- it I is, know you lying. No, no, no. Where did that you go to school? Not, <laughs> I thought I called myself doing research. I know. You know, what's really interesting is that literally just this week, for whatever the reason, um, I Googled my name for the first time and I see this new Wikipedia page that has been up there. I think, I think that what people wanted to say was, um, I, I was a part of a two-year um, master's program for spiritual psychology at the University Ooh. of Santa Monica. And I have been, um, you know, aside from acting, I have been um, just just committed to and a rabid rabid um, student of personal development. And so yeah. I think that that's 
that's where the confusion I, has happened. We got to get somebody on there to change that and get your information right. But you actually just talked about you've been on that personal development and, and you're making it fun. You, it's called the Inner Fitness Project, I believe. And that better be right. I'm telling yes, you, yes, the Inner yes. Fitness Project. But just tell me about what your thought process is on making it the personal development fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, first off, um, if in fact it's fun and effective, then more people, we make the assumption at the Inner Fitness Project that more people will engage um, when there is less fear and anxiety around, you know, looking at self and being in relationship with self. And the reason um, I say that we are making personal, personal development fun is that most people's, or, or a lot of people, I'm gonna say most, most people's, uh, orientation or relationship to doing inner work, you know, is um, they're afraid of opening Pandora's yeah, box, right? They're afraid of finding out something about themselves that they won't be able to handle. And I'll tell you that when I went to therapy um, for a couple of years, years ago, that was my fear, you know? And yet, when I stepped into the actual experience, I was blown away by how absolutely freeing it was mm. to have, to have um, effective guidance in what I now call the journey back to self. Mm. It feels scary because it's foreign. And so we project onto what we don't know our greatest fears. But in practice, right? In practice, there is something exciting about being able to be in a conversation with someone else or yourself and discover that, oh my God, I've been feeling this way for all of these years and I don't have to anymore. I've been feeling mm. this way and it's based upon a lie or a misperception and I can let that go. Oh my God, I have been, I have yeah. been, yeah, yeah. So all of that is ways in which um, we can begin to, transform uh, the idea of personal development into uh, the experience of knowing yourself at such a level and accepting yourself at such a deep level that you can let go of that whole pretense that never let them see you sweat burden that so many people yeah. are carrying. So that's very interesting because as you know, former WNBA player and just even in sports, just mental health is a topic that a lot of people just, they don't want to, they don't want to be near it. They don't want to go close to it, but you said some things that, that it makes sense. A lot of athletes, we have to figure ourselves out on our own in a sense. And it's scary. And when you figure yourself out, do you think that your past experience, is that why you got into 
you know, figuring out the inner fitness, pro like what made you start to want to dive into yourself basically? Yeah. So first I have to say that um, I've been called an old soul since I was born. Right. So, you know, there was something, like there was that. something, um, you know, that, that was already present inside of me that was interested and curious about the human condition. My brother, whom I love to this day, even though he's been dead over 10 years now, my over 12 years, my brother um, was addicted to drugs. My father, who was an amazing dad uh, and became an abusive husband, suffered most of his life from a trauma that took place early in his life that he didn't realize the importance of addressing and dealing with it. And because he didn't, that pain, that discomfort wound up festering inside of him and distorting, you know, um, ways in which he would think. And that distortion just became uh, you know, greater jealousy and uh, it made him more controlling where my mom was concerned, so on and so forth. So, and, and, the, and the stage fright thing with me, you know, I, in my twenties, I was like, I know that I am an authentic person. And yet over here in this area, I can be confident and, you know, solid and, and sure of myself. And then in this area here, I experienced breakdown. And that didn't make sense to me. And I knew that there had to be an answer. And I was committed to reconciling the confident self with the self that experienced breakdown. And that commitment took me on a journey and that journey has provided so many uh, aha moments and realizations uh, to the point that um, I am just committed to sharing everything that I now know because everyone, all of us carry unresolved hurts, dramas, traumas, upsets, yeah. disappointments, and fears. And if we do not address them, then they fester. And when they fester, they take on a life all their own. And when they take on a life all their own, they really begin to be our boogeyman. They begin to, yeah, they begin to tell us who we are. They begin to push us around, shape us and diminish our sense of our personal power. And it doesn't have to be that way. They're lies. All of them are lies. That's why I wrote my book, The Little Book of Big Lies. I'm glad the book, yeah, I was just going to say that, that, that leads me to, I can see why you write the book, The Little Book of Big Lies. Now, what are the big lies? That's the big lies you're telling me about. Like the big lies we tell ourselves basically is, is, is the big lies. Is that that's the big right. lies or that's am I exactly following right. it correctly? Yeah, yeah, okay, that's so, fantastic, Renee. Yeah, because I, well, you know, I did my research, but I, I, um, <laughs> yes. the reason that I'm saying that is because a lot of people, 
like they they probably resonate very much so with what you're saying but can you just talk about the other side of it where you figure it out and you do realize okay I can get rid of the boogeyman like talk about the other side of that because some people are only used to the trauma side of it they haven't had that resolution and so just talk about what figuring that out does for you because a lot of people they're not there yet so you made it to that you realized the lie basically and you know a lot of people haven't. So just talk about what's on the other side of that lie. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic, Renee. So um, so he- here is a glimpse emotionally of what is on the other side, okay? So I'm going to invite you and anyone who is listening to think okay. about, yeah, think about something that has been a huge challenge for you. Usually I invite people to think about that thing that you struggle with that most people don't even know it's an issue for you. And that you don't share that with people for fear that they would lose respect, you know, or there'd be some great shame or embarrassment on your part. Think about that. And then take this frame, this, um, I learned this in that spiritual psychology course that I was talking about, program that I was talking about. And the, the, the frame is up until now and from this point forward. So the way it works until is now, you until say- this point forward. That, so you say up until now, and then you think about that thing that has been your challenge. Up until now, You know, up until now, um, every single time I even saw a stage, I would have incredible anxiety and feel small and diminished. But from this point forward, this can change for the better. I love that. And from this point forward, I mean, you have been rocking and rolling and in 2016, I'm going to go to the, to the acting now because this is the other side and you've already been excelling, you figured it out. But in 2016, you landed a regular role in a series by Oprah Winfrey Network. So, I mean, that's amazing in itself, but it's a drama called Queen Sugar, which I mean, I'm a fan of produced by Ava DuVernay. So just rock star caliber, you're on the show, rock star caliber. What was it like just having a role on a set like that with so much culture in the set and the show has so much culture and everything about the show just makes us all say yes like what yeah, is it like being yeah, a part of that yeah it, it it humbles me it humbles me in so many ways because um you know in my in my journal i wrote down in november of 2015 i think it was I wrote down, it wasn't the first time, but I wrote down anew what my desire and intention was. And I wanted to be a series regular on a critically acclaimed show with a kick-ass ensemble bringing undeniable value to a role that I could shine in. That is in my journal. Love that. Like specific, you were that specific too. Yeah, because I knew the life that I wanted to live, right? Wow. And what's really beautiful is that, that, you know, I know 
that, you know, Ava had her own vision of moving her life forward and, and expanding into all that she is. And Oprah had her, has her vision and, you know, living her life and, and expanding and each person that is on the set. And what's beautiful is that the universe brought us all together so that we could fulfill this incredible journey called Queen Sugar that is brilliant. Yes. You know, Ava is Ava is a visionary and Ava, um, you know, she, she, she wrote and produced and has incubated and loved this thing called Queen Sugar. Um, and I am so happy that, you know, she chose me, but I also chose this, you know, I chose this in my intention and in my vision. And there's been lots of things that I haven't said yes to, but I said yes to Queen Sugar because, I mean, I didn't know it was going to be the hit that it is, right? You didn't know that you were going to receive two NCAA, NAACP Image Award nominations. You didn't know for outstanding, like you didn't know that, but you wrote it down. And I like that you said that because I'm, I'm very intentional about writing things down as well. And so you wrote it down and you were specific. And now to see it come to fruition is season five is, is premiering. So like, what is that like now that you, you wrote it down then and now you're at season five looking back? Have you wrote anything Crazy. else down? Is there it's, anything it's, else that you wrote oh, oh, down? Oh, for sure, for sure, sure. I, that's, you know, I, 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 writing things down and being intentional, I believe is part of inner fitness, you know? But, but you know, um, the show airs tonight, you know, Queen okay. Sugar season five airs tonight. Um, February 16th. Yeah, yes, February 16th, tonight. Feb yeah, yeah, February 16th. And, um, and uh, in, in addition to that, on Sunday, I get on a plane to fly back to New Orleans to shoot season six of Queen Sugar. Let's go! Let's go! <laughs> so, yes! And of course, of course, when I went to that first audition, you know, years yeah. back in, in, I think it was the, the tail end of, I guess it was the tail end of, uh, of 2015. It was the beginning of 2016, yeah. 2015, I think, 2015, um, the audition. It but, had to be because in 2016 yeah. you were cast. So. Yes, exactly, exactly. So um, what, what has been wonderful is that uh, our set, is an incredible place to work. I'm working, I wanted to work with a kick butt ensemble and every single actor is not just a great actor, but they're also amazing human beings. And so we're Beautiful. able to be in a work environment where, where each person leaves their ego at the door and shows up on the set to fulfill the vision of Queen Sugar that Ava and Oprah had the vision to say yes to 
Oprah in the form of, you know, finding the book Queen Sugar by Natalie Bazile, and then Ava mm. in the vision of turning that into a series. Well, listen, you brought Violet to life. Does Oprah ever just pop up on set on y'all just to check in to see how y'all are doing? No, but no, I, I will don't... say that season one, season one, mm -hmm. the very first, uh, sh I, I think the very first, um, the very first scene that was shot, Oprah was uh -huh. here. Um, she was in New Orleans. They were shooting okay. these scenes. Yes, shooting these scenes at, um, oh, you probably know the name of the Mercedes uh, Stadium there. It's, uh, it's a big, huge basketball. I think it's, uh, it's um, oh, I something know king. That, definitely. Yeah, it's something king. A smoothie king, smoothie yeah, king arena. Yes, 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 that's exactly right. That's right, Renee. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Oprah was there and Ava was doing her thing behind the camera and on the floor. And it was um, filled with, with people and, and uh, background people. And it was very exciting and proves today to be a fantastic launch into uh, the lives of the Bordelones in a way that has touched millions and millions of people's hearts. Listen, I love the Bordelones. And so I know that it's premiering. You have to get out of here. Thank you so much for stopping by. I mean, we have to check out the book, The Little Book of Big Lies. And please, please, please get your inner fitness together with the Inner Fitness Project. Miss Tina Lifford, thank you so much for stopping by Remotely Renee. Uh, thank you so much. It's great speaking with you, Renee. You be well. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy. Interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood? Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.